0: The following is a Breaker and Bane Network production. From the beginning to the end. In the ups and the downs. This is Breaking Ted. Journey through WCW. All right, everybody, welcome once again to Breaking Ted, the journey through WCW. I'm Brian Breaker. And I'm Aaron Anders. And we are back once again. Uh, so we got uh, Russell War 1989 on the docket today. And, hey, and how let you me, feeling about this? And let me tell you, it is by far. The worst show so far through this journey. No, we're only three shows in. I think that could be topped. We still oh, haven't hit the two thousands I, I, yet. I have, I have no doubt in my mind. I, I had the feeling that there's going to be a pay per view sometime in October of nineteen ninety one that might take the cake. There's definitely <laughs> a b- possibility. Um, but that's almost this one's bad in a bad way. That one's bad in a good way. Yes. If that makes any sense. But you'll hear more about that in the journey. I, I like that we uh, that we say that it's a a bad pay per view and it has what's arguably the greatest match of all time, on it. <laughs> and that's what's weird, is sometimes one-match shows don't do it anymore. Um, Wrestle War 89 took place on May 7, 1989, in Nashville, Tennessee, with an attendance of 5,200 people. Not, not a huge attendance, actually. You would think it would be more. Um, and how did we start this one off? Just like every wrestling pay-per-view, right? With, with the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> the Oak Ridge singing, Boys. Singing the National Anthem. Now, it's not on the uh, the network cut, or... Um, Maybe I just stepped out for a brief minute, but at one point, I can't remember which match it is, Jim Ross is saying that the Oak Ridge Boys are going to perform again a concert during the show. Yeah, that never happened. Yeah. I wonder if they pulled that off. I'm not sure. It could have been a network cut. Now, it's in Nashville. I get Nashville's like country music territory. Yeah. I'm well aware of that. That doesn't translate to a national television it, it, audience. It really does not. And that not. really shows you how... Ted Turner owns this, but he doesn't really know what to do yet. And he has people running it, obviously they don't know what they're doing either. There it's I, I remember watching WCW as as a child and everything. And I never to me it just it always seemed like W or WWE it was never one of those things where it's like, "Oh, hey, it's north and south." I never viewed it as like a southern uh, style wrestling. You grew up in Arkansas, I grew up oh, yeah. in Oklahoma. I didn't realize it was from the south. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I didn't I didn't, I didn't understand how that stuff worked. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand Madison Square Garden. I knew it was in New York so 'cause I'd hear that, but I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. You know, and so I was just watching wrestling because I was gonna watch wrestling. Yeah. Good or bad, I was gonna watch it. But yeah, it's things like this if you look back now and you're like, Wow, Oak Ridge Boys, that was not a good idea. No, not at all. Not a good idea. Um, they also make the big announcement that the US tag team title match is no longer a hair versus hair match. I know, I just So I mean, hey guys, we're safe. I'm we like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want my money back right old, fucking now. The old bait and switch. <laughs> hey, guys, we're still going to give you Flair and Steamboat, but it's not the main event. Not the main event, which... Well, um until watching that, did you know this? No, not at, you, at all. You just assume, right? Yes. It's a world it, title match. It, it's Flair and Steve uh, well, Boat, like, number three at well, this point. Well, there, there's that, and then there's also that post-match, which leads into another match that is arguably the greatest match of all time. Right. Which we will not be talking about on the journey through WCW, because unfortunately it happened at a Clash of Champions. Correct. But they, they do have some interaction on pay-per-view. I know yep. they wrestled a tag match at Halloween Havoc. But it's, it's just, it's very interesting, like, booking decisions and everything, and I mean... A lot of times, like, you see, like, WWE, like, rewrite history or, like, how things are placed on cards and everything. And, I mean, when you're journeying through WCW, you see all the flaws. A lot of speed bumps. (laughs) Uh, We start off, actually, arguably, one of the greatest ways to start a pay-per-view, the the debut. I don't know if it's the debut, but it's the debut on the podcast of the great Muda. Yes. With Gary Hart. Um, Who was originally supposed to be wrestling the Junkyard Dog, but is replaced by... Doug Gilbert. (laughs) Okay, now let's think about that. Is the Junkyard Dog in any way a good opponent for Great Muda? Well, I mean, he's a little bit more notable than Doug Gilbert at this time. But he's not going to be a bump guy. No, but at the end of the day, I I had a feeling Muda would be, you know, getting the win. And that's a a good rub for for Muda coming in. And I think uh, JYD was kind of used at this point almost as like a... as a name, not necessarily as a as a hand. This is true. Um, actually, it's it's the debut on the show because at one point on commentary they're talking about how Muda is undefeated. Yes. So. Um, uh, Muda is so ahead of his time. Oh, hand, hands down. I mean, just... Um, we were, we were actually talking about this before the show before we started it up recording about how Muda is supposed to be a heel. We're not supposed to like Muda, and he's doing dives and moonsaults the, and a great moonsault. Yes, I mean just and it's like why would I why would I boo this guy? He's got like a unique look. And Gary Hart, while he is uh, considered like one of the greatest heel managers of all time, he's not really doing anything in this match to make you not like Muda, right? And and I think Muda had this amazing mystique to him, yes, and and that really added to it. Um, obviously, this is pretty much a get over match. It was about a five minute match, roughly, but yeah, Muda wins this one uh, with a with a one of the best moonsaults I've ever yep. seen. But didn't he miss one? He earlier, did. He did miss one, and then went up and hit it again. So yeah, it, yeah. I mean, an in, interesting start. And uh, for me, it's always cool to see Muda, especially like young Muda. Right, of course. Now, I one question I've always had is like, how does how did Muda never get a WWE run? That's a really good question. I mean, was it was it timing? Was it well, he I'm, was in WCW. We don't want to use him. I don't know. Well, I'm sure it was I'm, I. It had to do something with the timing thing, and it's also like he's making a comfortable living in Japan. Right. He, he's he's the one of the top guys in Japan. Like right. And always will be. Yeah. So I mean, there's that. But I mean it's 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 crazy when you think about it and it's you know Sting and Great Muda are kind of like interlocked you yes. know, when when you think about it and how long did it take for Sting to get over there very true Well I mean and, you know recently at the NXT show in Brooklyn this past summer uh, Jushin Thunder Liger's yes. first WWE debut not probably not the greatest match of all time or of his career but to me seeing Liger in a yep. WWE ring was like one of the greatest things If, if we somehow managed to get Muda over if we got if we got Great or? Muda on NXT oh my god and just but uh, this is this is a sidebar. But twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen is an absolute great time to be a wrestling fan, and if you're listening to this podcast, you know that. So yes. yeah. <laughs> um, and there's nothing that describes good wrestling better. Than Ranger Ross. Oh, that's 100% <laughs> true. Uh, one of my favorite notes on commentary is, he's trained as a ranger, you know? <laughs> I had no idea with yeah. him being Ranger Ross. I remember this This guy was brought up a lot in Florida, and because like no one knew who Ranger Ross was. I was like, you don't know who Ranger Ross is? And I'm thinking like, like when I think of Ranger Ross, I think of Full House, when Joey Gladstone <laughs> was Ranger Joe on the kids' show. I'm <laughs> like, is he like on a puppet? You know, yeah. Ranger Ross. It's... <laughs> It's, it's very, and he's, he's wrestling Butch Reed and this is, um, this is one thing that was very interesting. They had like reverse trunks. Yeah. Like he ha- uh, Butch Reed is wearing black with, uh, like yellow boots and then Ranger Ross has the yellow trunks with black boots and it's just, I'm like, is this a strange mirror match? Yeah. I mean, it, but Butch Reed, I, at, he's hasn't quite made that transition into wrestling for television. Be- yeah yeah I mean this isn't nowhere near like a long match and he's just working a headlock for majority of the time but I think that's also disappointing in the match you had that the last show was staying yeah. it's just like it was 20 minutes but like nothing happened yeah you and, know and I mean this one I'm just like is this is this gonna like pick up and everything and I mean at one point he is he's got him in a, he- a chin lock and then he's putting one foot on underneath the bottom rope yeah and I'm I mean we, we talked about this on the first one just we don't see that adding a lot of leverage. And then, like I've said before, like, when you put, like, Flair used to do put both feet on the middle rope, right, to yep. get the pin. It's like, does, is that that much harder to kick out of? Like, almost like, to me, it almost looks like he actually loses his leverage. Yes. Because he can't dig into the ground. I get the trunks, pulling yep. the trunks. I get that, because you're stacking a guy up on his shoulders. But putting a foot on the rope, like, does that... Is is it the heel equivalent of, like, clapping? I mean, just are they doing it to... Just get a reaction because people know that that's oh hey they're cheating. It to me, but it's almost like if say you put an abdominal stretch on and you grab the rope, does that make it hurt more? I don't know. Like, does it hurt more? I don't know. You would know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, but I, it's like I see that. I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. Is this is this more painful? So this this match was I'm going through, and this is the match probably that I would skip more yeah. than anything. This is this is the this is the match that. I mean, honestly you could skip the majority of this show. Right. And but we're you shouldn't and, yes, you shouldn't. Well, that's what we're here for. Right. That's, I mean we're 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 going through We're this, watching wrestling for you. you. Yeah, we're we're going through this torturous journey through the beginning of WCW, just so that you know where the gems are. Um, but this is this is one thing that I thought was really um, interesting. Um Branch Ross is doing his comeback and I mean he's he's got really good babyface fire. Um, Reed is on the outside and uh, Ranger Ross gets this great dive over the top rope and I'm like, oh, he's doing a dive. That's great. He lands on his feet to throw a punch. <laughs> he jumps over the top rope, <laughs> looks very athletic doing so, lands on his feet to throw a punch and I'm just like, why? I mean, that just, that kind of took me out of it um, but Butch Reed eventually wins. They top we, rope shoulder tackle. Yes, which did look good. It did. Um, not exactly a match that's going to uh, to make you think though. No. I mean, it's just, it's, but it's very typical of this era where it's like the undercard you don't really think about. This, this is um, true. Um, one thing during this match, probably the most notable thing, is our uh, one of our favorite referees apparently got fired between these, uh, these uh, pay-per-views. And is now has a visitor pass and is checking out talent. Uh, Teddy Long. Yes. Which is very surprising because he comes out in another match too. But none of them... Our tag team matches. Interestingly enough, um, one thing we did miss earlier is Lance Russell actually interviewed Ric Flair. Oh, okay. I'm sorry about about that. Yeah, about his uh, about his title match. Pretty classic Flair interview. Um, Obviously, this is you know match three in the Steamboat series. Um, Then we have the Ranger Ross uh, Butch Reed match. Uh, Then uh, Lex Luger. With I was talking about his uh, U.S. title uh, match against Michael P.S.A. Yes. coming up. Think about the most generic babyface white meat promo that you can think of. Yeah, and you have it right here with Pretty Alex much, Slater. pretty much. Um, now we go to match number three, and it's a well, we got our first gimmick match there. Yes, Texas Bo- Bull Road Bull match. match. Now I gotta ask before we get into the match: Are you a fan of the Bull Road match? Yes, you are. I, I, am. I am not a fan. I. It's it's one of those things where. I, I'm actually a fan of the dog collar match and and the bull rope match as well. I like uh, the dog collar more than the bull rope. Well, uh, the the thing that I like about with the bull rope is you're you're fighting for the middle of it. Mm. Like there's there's something on it and with with leverage and everything. Sense, yeah. um, do I like it as much as I like the dog collar match? No, but I mean it's a fun gimmick match and this is one where it wasn't them fighting for to touch every single corner. True. Yeah. They were they were just beating each other up with a cowbell. So right again with you know southern. Southern Wrestling. Now, I, I don't know of any type of feud here, but I'm I'm a big fan of a as he's called Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch. Yes, with uh, against his, Cowboy Bob Orton, wearing his blue WrestleWar '89 shirt and jeans. Which, if you have that out there anywhere, please let us know. Yes, <laughs> we want it. Um, it's it's a very uh, it's a very interesting match. It's very they work really well towards the gimmick. Um, it's by no means is like a five star classic or anything no. like that. But it's it's very. I really liked this match. I did too. Um, one thing that, um, about this match is I loved Jim Ross's, uh, use of adjectives. Mm. Uh, cantankerous. Cantankerous, <laughs> yeah, that's a good and, one. And, uh, well, uh, uh, at one point Murdoch pulls off his boot. Yes, I was gonna bring that and, too. And, and is using it like a boxing glove to hit, uh, Orton in the head. And that's, and that's when cantankerous comes up. And then later, um, insidious as well, and I'm just like, he, so many big words, like, yeah. why, and we, we go back to, you know, the whole, like, Southern thing, it's like, how is he not, like, a heel announcer at this point, you know, right. it's just yeah. like, why are you using these big words that I don't understand? That's, that's a very good point, and, and you know, Steve Austin does call Jim Ross the white meat babyface. face, maybe yeah. that's because that's what he is, he's a white meat babyface. Um, I, is there anything else that you're one to um, the finish. Yes, that's Murdoch drops Orton, uh, or ties Orton. Drops two elbows and gets the pin. Yep, yeah. using the rope. We were talking about using the ropes for leverage. Right. This time it makes sense. I mean, it he, does. He's pretty much like just hog tied his feet. Yeah. Um, uh, Gary Hart ends up holding the ref as Orton uh, punishes Murdoch. Um, again, I mean, he, it, it, it seems he, like he a, hangs him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He does. Um, It seems like a blood feud that I don't know anything about, I guess. That's the only, I guess the only drawback, because I'm like, why are they fighting? Yeah. And that was a big problem with WCW. The WWE always has done well, is video packages. Yes. Letting us know why these guys are going at it. Um, after that, Lance Russell is interviewing Michael P.S. Hayes, and uh, Hayes talks about he's doing things on his own. Now. Yes, Michael Hayes, because obviously he was known at this time as mostly being a freebird, and he and he talks about it during the promo. Yeah, um, this is Michael Hayes just absolutely killing it. When I think of promo guys in wrestling, Michael Hayes is one of those guys, and this this one is no different. And I mean, of course, I you think about him, and I mean, he talks about it in the promo as well. Is he's a he's a tag team guy? He's always going to be. Um, Connected with the Freebirds, you don't think about like him ever getting a singles run or anything like that. And this, it's just like, oh man, this guy's money. Yeah. So, and I mean, he's going up against Luger, who at this time, like we talked about, just absolutely chiseled there. And, and that's actually where it's a good dynamic because Hayes is not a body, no. but he's a great talker. Yes. Luger. Great body, not a good talker. No. So it's almost like they kind of meshed. Yeah. which you know I wouldn't and, have expected. No, but and I mean they're they're strapping the rocket to Luger right now. They're they're yeah they're and ready to make him a star. But the the closing line in this that I absolutely love from Michael Hayes is um, I'm I'm gonna end up paraphrasing it right now because I didn't write it down. Um, there, the, there's people like you or there's people like me because of people like you. Yeah, and ju- and just walks off and so just so great um and this is this is a match where with this promo alone i i want to see this because i i haven't haven't seen this one i've seen flared steamboat i but not Hayes Luger. and and much like the the last match it's like now we have a reason to watch the match now i know why why it's happening yep but you talk about strapping rocket are you ready to strap a skateboard (laughs) yes i am because we got the dynamic dudes up next (laughs) first appearance on the podcast johnny ace (laughs) johnny ace shane douglas Dynamic dudes are going against the Samoan SWAT oh, team, which just, will later be known as the uh, the Head Shrinkers, was poly dangerously, and just the the entrance alone for the Dynamic Dudes, fantastic. They're from the Sunshine State, right? <laughs> um, I I I I never actually had seen a Dynamic Dudes match. Did you see the tearaway pants? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh. Um, I I like it for what it is because it's so ridiculous. J- just imagine Sting without the face paint. <laughs> and a skateboard, right? And you have the dynamic dudes. Yes, um, I do. Put a note on here because I do miss this on pay per views. No reason tag matches with actual teams. Yes, you don't see that a lot anymore. Well, that's because there's not a lot of tag teams anymore. That's true. Like, but I mean, that's they NXT is about the only place where you I mean tag teams and everything. But like I mean, that. it's like on a lot of shows. Like, why not have Vaudevillains versus Enzo and Cass? Just because? Why yeah, not? not? You know? I mean, they it, it will happen on. Uh, on NXT, on WWE though, tag teams are pretty much relegated to make uh, Ryback look good. Right. So. Exactly. So uh, it's interesting. I, I, another note I made on here is that Johnny Ace slams them both uh, in this match. Yes. And I'm and I'm like, I don't know. I, mean, I I mean the Samoans are not small guys. No. But I mean they're just trying to get over the power of uh, Johnny Ace and everything. And before he, I can't remember which one he. Well, slams he's no them. road warrior animal. No. No, he's not. Um... Well maybe Mrs. Baba thinks differently. You know, but yeah. um, with, uh, before he does the first slam he stomps on the foot mm. and that's when he gets him up. and then the other I mean there, there's a little bit of miscommunication and everything with this uh, with this match at one point um, all four guys are in the ring. yeah and the referee in plain sight goes after Shane while they're getting heat on uh, on Johnny Ace and I'm just like that doesn't make sense. I mean right. But it, uh, it was not exactly a great tag match. No, it wasn't a bad tag match. It was, it was a great debut, though. Yeah, for, for them, and I loved the finish. Yeah, I'm, uh, the uh, Douglas pins Fatou after Ace uh, drop kicks Douglas onto Fatou. Yes, I mean uh, Douglas takes the uh, the big splash. Yep. from... which I have to say, oh my god. Yes, like, and that this is obviously if you don't know Fatu's Rikishi yes. nowadays. And I mean, my God, he, he's not, he's not as big as he was when he was like Rikishi in his prime, like when we, when we think about him with his big run in WWE, but I mean, still like they're saying he's close to 300 pounds and he's, easily. Jumping, off the, he's jumping off the top rope, landing a splash. Oh yeah. And um, Douglas is dead at this point. Um, Ace breaks it up and then as he's picking up to body slam him, um, Ace hits a drop kick on Shane Douglas's back and then, uh, Shane lands on top. One two three, and the thing is, is that they win the match, but the first guys up on their feet are the Simone SWAT team, right? And they're pissed because it's a, it's a flash pair, yeah, essentially. And I mean, it's like I think I think this is this is a match where like everybody came out looking good, right? Yeah, and even though it's a, it's a no, it's a, it's not really a big loss for the Simone SWAT team because yeah. like you said they they got up like what the hell, but it's good to have matches like that on your pay per views. Now Lance Russell is interviewing the three world title judges: Luthez, Pat O'Connor, and Terry Funk. Uh, in case it goes to a judge's decision, and I think that they did a really good and all three all three former NWA champions, yes. which is why that this works. And I think that they did a very good job explaining just like why they're there. Mm-hmm. They're like it's it's not they're they it's not going to go to a draw. Like right. they're, like they're it's going to be they're pushing that this match is going to be the faster pace, the more uh, the more aggressive because they don't want to leave it to the judges. Yeah, and um, Terry Funk at the end of this was just I mean that's, that was pretty much what he was saying. Um, Luthez, Pat O'Connor, not the great greatest promo guys in the world. Right. But, I mean, this is one thing that I will say that is so great and I miss about wrestling now is they're pushing it so much like it's a legitimate sport. Right. And, I mean, like, it's making people care right? about it. And, I mean, yes, it is the world title match. Yes, we're supposed to care about it. But, I mean, if this had been any other match on the show and it just... I mean, they, they do this throughout the time and I mentioned this in one of the earlier podcasts too is just it's so great whether the person's a baby face whether they're a heel they're getting over the fact that they're athletes that this is an athletic contest and just yeah I feel like that's one thing that's sorely lacking with, <laughs> well, with wrestling well right certainly certainly right because it's in a lot of ways its I'm a big fan of uh, Japanese wrestling and one of the main reasons is it's always perceived to be a legitimate sport yep. and it's hard to show some of the stuff we see to people like hey this is why I like it because they're like that looks hokey or that yep. looks corny or there's easy ways to find holes in it and so yeah I agree having judges things like that little 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 intricacies as to why it's going to be this way um, is a good thing uh, now we go to match number 5 which is for the United States Heavyweight Championship uh, match we talked about a little earlier Lex Luger defending against Michael P.S. Hayes yes uh, first note Lex Luger has badass entrance music he does and, and this I believe this was the first time we saw Pyro yeah yeah um and then this is another thing they're both wearing blue, yeah. I put that out too. They were both wearing blue gear. Now I I know me personally. I'm I'm I always ask you like what what gear are you wearing. I'm wearing red. Okay, yeah. I'll wear I wear orange or whatever. Um, I think sometimes when it's black, it's not as big a deal because black's more neutral. But if you're both wearing blue, yeah, it's a lot. And I mean, and then uh, Michael Hayes comes out to Bad Street USA. Yes, he does. And uh, has has like almost a Ric Flair esque robe. But when he takes it off, he's got these gauntlets on that have yellow uh, tassels, like fringe. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I mean, it's just I've never seen him like that. Yeah. So it was it was it was very interesting. It was. Uh, I put that um, there's a lot of heat on Michael Hayes. He's a like a heat seeker. Yeah. Uh, however, the only knock I have on this is that I feel he panders to the crowd. More than he should. Well, he's trying to get the ladies. I mean, well, that's that, he's, you, he's thinking about yeah. the, the match I mean, later on that yeah, night. I yeah. mean, you you know what PS stands for? Oh you know, yeah, and he's he's making sure all the ladies know in the arena just what it stands for. That's another thing too. Is there are a lot of crowd shots? Yes. Uh, throughout this, and I mean, I think it's one of those things where they're. I mean they don't do it they don't do it now but it's a, it's an interesting thing because I'm sure they're trying to sell it like look at how much fun these people are having and you should come to these shows too. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was interesting. Um, another note I have here is oddly enough, I like Lex Luger in 1989. Yes! I, I never would have thought that I would have but I mean three shows in a row yes. now he's had really good matches. I mean we, we were talking about this it's just like we, we were never Lex Luger guys. But we're going through this right now, and we see we we can see why they were getting ready to strap that rocket to him and everything. Right. he he looks great, um, and I mean he's he's having good matches. This is a guy that you you go back and you think about like oh hey he wasn't um, the greatest technical wrestler in the world or anything like that, but I mean he's he's having good matches. He's yeah. doing everything that's he's needing to do, and especially how like early he is, in, right? In he's very green. I mean he's and he's not showing signs of. Um, like not being ready for that position. Right. He he looks like he can handle it. Well, and another note I made on here is that in a lot of ways, this is the absolute perfect match because Luger needs a good heel. Yep. And Hayes needs someone to play off of. Hayes needs someone that's going to make him back up, yep. get scared. And in a lot of ways, that's like they're perfect for each other. It, it Never would have guessed. No. And I mean, this is... This, this match isn't going to make my top five. No. But it... Came really close. This, this one, I think, definitely hits that like honorable mention. Yes, because it's a match that kind of surprises yeah. you. Yeah, I mean this this is a match that I'm going to say like you should watch. Like, yeah. I mean if you're if you're one to check out just a uh, match, I mean, and we had we had the one with uh, Wyndham and Migul. Uh, yeah. yeah, on the on the first one, this is one like just what like just yeah, really yeah. really entertaining. Um, and has has honestly one of the coolest reversals for a DDT oh yeah that, that I've ever seen um, Michael Hayes is using the DDT at this time locks it in and Luger just back bumps yeah out of it as, Luke, as uh, Hayes is going down and gets up before um, Hayes does and I was just like I've never I've never seen that before right, or anything yeah. I was just like that's I mean, with all, with all the wrestling that we watch, you think something out of 1989 I would have seen. Or at least remembered, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what's so crazy. Um, an interesting finish here. Oh, one, one thing that oh, I think, yeah. Go uh, With Luger, like, he could move and everything, too. Oh, yeah. At one point, he's charging Michael Hayes, goes for a crossbody, and just, like, sails over the top rope. Mm. And, I mean, it's just, you, you don't think of, like, Luger as necessarily being a guy that can fly and can move and all these things, and I'm just... Of course, we also remember Luger late 90s. Yeah. You know, not not late 80s. True. So um, double knockout. The ref goes down. Yeah. Terry Gordy pulls, runs out. Goes. The referee goes down. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a mistimed spot, big time. And Michael Hayes barely touches Nick Patrick, who's the official on this. Who we'll will get into it a little bit later. In I believe 1997, When he I'm messes pre- up another match. I'm pretty sure Nick Patrick actually will be competing on this podcast <laughs> in '97. Um, I remember right. Fantastic. The he wrestles Jericho. Oh, this will be fantastic. But yes, um, so yeah, so Terry Gordy runs out. Of course, yeah. making reference to that, I'm doing things on my own, which he's not because now, you know, other Freebird members and, and that are. was And that was a surprise. I didn't know he was going to be I didn't, but, I didn't either. But um, double knockout and uh, Luger Luger's on the ground and Hayes is caught up in the ropes. The only thing keeping him up are the ropes. Gordy just pushes mm-hmm. him over. Yep. Interesting. And, I mean, it didn't come out well, but it was a, it was no. a good thought. And, and I mean... I, I, I liked it. Yeah. Like it's it's one of those things that I we've talked about it again. It's just like in theory. In theory but, it was great. But not, you know, when not, not ex- an execution. Yep. But we do have a new United States champion, Michael P. S. A. What's what's very surprising is they replay the referee getting clipped. Yeah. Um and I was like, why would you replay that? I, I don't know. Maybe that was the plan. We'll replay the replay the ref clip even though it didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to make that call, and you only have two seconds to make it. This so is, this is true. Uh, next, we have Lance Russell interviewing Sting, whose rat tail is dyed black. It is. That's. I thought that was pretty cool, and I didn't like his face paint. I don't remember the face paint his, right offhand. His hand. forehead wasn't painted. Oh, Anything that's on his, right. On his forehead wasn't painted. So it yeah. just... Well, that's the thing with Sting's paint. Sometimes it was hit or miss. Yep. Every now and then it was like, "Well, that's cool." Other times you're like, "Well, that's kind of plain." Um, and uh, match number six is for the television championship. Sting is the new TV champion. Yes. How we're not sure. We don't know. But he's going against obviously the number one contender. Of course, former WWF champion, the Iron Sheik. He uh, he does not make Sting humble. He does not. Uh, he early on attacks Sting with his flagpole. Yes. Um, not the one he got in the Hogan match. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> a different. <laughs> 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 the actual flagpole. Um, here's 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 uh, something. If you haven't ever seen. <laughs> Hogan me in the Iron Sheik's camel Clutch. You should watch that too. I know we're going through this journey through WCW and I put down Brian quite a bit for uh, mentioning that other company. This yes. is something that you should see. So. Yeah, Sometimes we have to break our own rules. Yes, um, I, I was honestly surprised I was watching this. I did not think that Iron Sheik was going to get out of all of his gimmicks. Yeah. Uh, one thing I have to point out is Iron Sheik has a weirdly huge uh, body-muscled-up gut. I wonder why. <laughs> it's just, yeah. But it's just like it's like he's these skinny legs, and he's got this. He's got abs, but this huge gut. Yeah, very strange. And he's got he's got that gorilla gut. Yeah, he does. I mean I've I've heard is a symptom of something. But yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, it doesn't take long, and uh, there's really not a whole lot to talk about here. But Sting ends up submitting Iron Sheik in the Scorpion mm-hmm. Deathlock. Yes, which uh, I believe this is the first time we've seen him. Use this submission. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, this this is a uh, sting to this point. Um, that he hasn't remember, been used well. No, he's he has not. But he's been winning matches with uh, the Stinger Splash, or then also that uh, Top Rope up Top Rope Cross, yeah. I mean, so this is the first time seeing the uh, Scorpion Deathlock. True, and uh, and I think this is also very similar to the Muda Junkyard Dog match that was possibly going to happen, where it's like we want a veteran, a guy who's been somewhere, yeah. getting doing the job to a younger talent. That being said, sometimes you're sacrificing having a good match. This is true, and this is this is another thing too. You're talking about like using a star to make somebody and everything. Right. That's something WCW is not known for. No. And they, I mean, at least on this show, attempted twice. Yeah, they did to, attempt. to do so. And that may be why they didn't do that because it didn't work out. Um, Lance Russell ends up interviewing the World Champion Ricky Steamboat. And then my first big surprise of the night, uh, match seven. Yes. Uh, On a nine-match card. And a nine-match card is for the World Heavyweight Championship. Again, right. I uh, like I said, I I understand if you want to structure a match where, like, you put... If you have two big matches, you want to put one match in match seven, do your popcorn match, and then do the, the actual last match. And sometimes, if a feud's big enough, I understand that. That was not the case no, here. This, There's really this, only one main event this, match. This is, this is the blow-off for a three-match series... Right, and and like, a, and, like a, and I would have understood if like the main event was a bigger star, but it wasn't. No, and it was. Do like, you think Do you think this is one of those things where there? I mean, we're talking about it being a sport, right, and everything that they were pushing, like this might go the hour. Oh, possibly, but then we have prelim matches if if need yeah. be. But they've already announced the U.S. Tag Title matches are no longer hair versus hair match. Well, maybe they just wanted people to possibly get out of there early. I don't know. I can't really answer that. It I mean, doesn't make sense. It, we're trying to get into the mind of, of whoever's running WC. Was it Jim Hurt at this point? I don't know. Uh, I, I know he's running it by late 89. I don't know if he's running it at this point. It's just one of those things, like, it just doesn't make sense. No. Um, and I and I, I hate I hate to do this and everything, but it's, it's flair and steamboat. Yes. And I don't feel like there's a whole lot else to say about it. Um, Flair has a bunch of women on his entrance. Yes, uh, and, and this Steamboat I'm- comes down with his uh, with his um, wife and son on a horse. Yeah. I mean, we, we've we've talked we talked about this on the last one. Flair's supposed to be the the heel, but as you know, if I'm a eighteen to thirty five year old guy. Who am I going to be cheering for? Am I going right. to be cheering for the guy who's coming out with all the women, or am I going to be cheering out for the guy who's coming out with a kid and his wife? Right. Well, and I mean, I don't know if you were this way, but when I was a kid, I I was very transparent. They told me this is the good guy. Was, okay, you know what I mean. Like I liked Hogan yep. because of that. Um, it's a hard one to say. Um, it, it was a good match. Obviously, yeah, it's a yeah. good match. Um, this is an, actually this will be the last one we see for probably till the nineties. Yes, I could be wrong. I know they had one in ninety four. Uh, they may have had a couple more that I'm not aware of, but um, I know Steamboat personally was not happy with how this went down, based on how the finish comes, yeah, which we'll get to, where it's not really about the match anymore. No, and uh, so in a lot of ways, this this made my top five. Yes, this did my, not. I might as well. This did not break Shy Town Rumble, and the reason is because I feel like there are too many variables into this that I didn't like. I like shytown Town Rumble because Steamboat wins the yep. world title. This one. Um, I guess we can go to the finish. Flair yeah. ends up getting the win. Flair, Flair does end up getting the win. Uh, Steamboat Slade gives out on him. Mm. I mean, that's... Man. Great. Flair, Flair. Just so lucky. To, I mean, that's, 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 that's two f- matches. That's two, yeah. Now. I, bet I bet that's not the last. No. But right. um, Flair ends up winning. He's now a six-time world heavyweight champion. And uh, then, post-match... They uh you know shake well, it out, hug it out, and everything. Right, and everything's good. Um, I do know that throughout the match we see the judges kind of making jokes yes and stuff, and it'd be interesting to know what their what the score was going to be if it, if we needed the judges. Uh, Post match, uh, Terry Funk kind of comes in and congratulates yeah. him, and I I want to shout out the title, and you know Flair's like, hey, you know you've been hanging out with Sylvester Stallone, you've been making it over to the top and Roadhouse. I mean. You're not really a contender. Two of, my, two of my favorite movies of all time. Just throwing that out there. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, in a lot of ways, he did have a point. It would Would Terry Funk be considered a number one contender at this point? I mean, I would think number one contender would be uh, would be guys like uh, like Sting, Luger, P. S. Hayes. Right now, they're in the top. They're well, holding titles. Well, thing thing too, is uh, Luger said that he was never going to be getting a, or Flair said Luger was never going to be getting another title shot as long as Flair's champion. But he also just won the title back. He's still champion. Well, so, I mean, I I don't know what the paperwork looks like as, yeah, so yeah, as yeah. far as Yeah, yeah. You didn't write up that particular yeah. contract, yeah. But um yes, I mean, he's he's one of those guys that, you know, he's got to build himself back up. He is a former NWA heavyweight champion though. So, I mean, I feel like but sometimes the best way to get yourself into that position is just beat the shit out of the current <laughs> champion. <isn't laughs> and that's it? that's exactly what he does. Um yeah, Terry Funk. I mean, knowing knowing this before you totally see this coming. Oh. It's not really a surprise. No, not at all. Um, not to mention, Terry Funk's also considerably younger than Fez and O'Connor. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like... I mean, Funk was probably, what, mid-40s here? He had a little bit of gas yeah. in the tank I mean, still. He's, he still. He still looks great. And like I said earlier, it leads to one of my favorite matches of all time. Right. <laughs> um, but Flair gets... A pile driven through through an announce table and like very brutally yes. The table doesn't break no, and it's I I don't know. It's one of those things where they're they're balancing and everything. And Flair has his hands on his feet. Yeah, I mean it's just. But this is also Flair after you know an airplane crash and everything too. So right. I can imagine it being terrifying taking a move like that and this is also 1989 we don't see people going through tables like we do today no or anything like that and they say like this is like when that whole thing got invented right so and, and the thing is i think sometimes with that type of move is you have to start thinking like okay the bump itself is one thing but you don't know how a table is actually going to and you don't know, are you gonna end up on your head? Are you gonna end up on Terry? I mean, how's it gonna go? So, and they it looked brutal. Yes, it, it, it does look brutal. And later on at the end of the show, they're doing a recap and they see like a still frame of it. You just oh, see gosh. his head hit. And I mean, it's it's pretty rough. Yes, it is. And then, and then on top of that, he hits him with a chair. Yeah, afterwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Funk kind of goes into classic, crazy Terry Funk. Mode after that. Uh, Then we go to our semi main event. Yes, no. Oh, sorry. We have a promo. We do. (laughs) With Nikita Kola. Yes, he's the special referee in our semi main event. (laughs) Looking great. I mean, just absolutely jacked. Yeah, you fan of Nikita? Not really. Me neither. Uh, But, you know, he was always around. And it's uh, for the NWA Tag Team Championship. uh, The Varsity Club. Mike Rotundo and Dr. Death Steve Williams. I don't know how they got the tag team titles. Uh, We don't either. Against uh, the Road Warriors. And man, what an entrance the uh, Varsity Club have. They've oh, got right. about eight cheerleaders in the ring with them yeah, you know, all dancing while Pyro's going off. Yeah. Uh, I wonder who was booking. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, well, who's in the main event? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do respect you, Booker Man. Uh, then we got the Road Warriors. Uh, the Road Warriors, I really feel like... I, I know they're there up until, I want to say mid-1990 because I know they're at Capital Combat 90. And... I don't know. It's something about this where I just feel like the Road Warriors... Really need to move on, and yes. I know they eventually end up going to that other company. Yep, but that doesn't happen for a while because I feel like they're just not being used well. No, they're not, and I mean, I guess I guess they just have a thing against guys in paint. Um, but Maybe so. it's it's one of those things where they're they're crazy over. Oh, like, I also like how early on they attack while they're still wearing their spikes. Yes, that was awesome. I mean, why why would they not? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, and the and the Road Warriors are just hugely over. Yes, um, luckily we. have the, the the brief heel turn has long since gone and 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 there they go they're but, just there to beat the hell out of people and that's the thing is like you don't have to mess with this just let them be the road yeah. warriors I, I, well it's the the road warriors were. I would say this. Road Warriors is pretty much a precursor to Lesnar, in yes. my opinion. Oh, yeah. Where it's just like, you want to make these guys heels, but all they do is they're big, they look great, and they beat the shit out of people. Right. Well, not to mention, like, if you're, I mean, you I know you're a fan of action figures. If you're going to buy an action figure of anyone from this era, are you buying the Road Warriors or are you buying Ranger Ross? Exactly. <laughs> you know? I, mean, I, I want to buy the guys with the face paint that look like, uh, you know, Kiss and, and comic book heroes and right. everything like that. So I also want to point out how quick Animal is for a guy his yes. size. Like, he is moving well. Yeah, I mean, like, and he's a damn good dropkick. He, he does. I mean, we, we talked about this the first time we saw him and everything. Like, these guys are huge. Like, yeah. they're they're each pushing 300 pounds. I'm pretty sure uh, Animal at this point is over 300 pounds. Hot, right. it's like, what, 290? Probably. And they just, I mean. I know their, their shoot announced weight or what they said was, was almost 600. Yeah. And, I mean, do not look like they're 600 pounds. Um, are moving fantastic and everything. And, I mean, the varsity club are not small guys. No. At all. And they're. Lifting them up like nothing. Right. Um, the again, not a very long match. The finish comes. They hit. They hit Doctor Death with the Doomsday Device, yes. a modified version. He takes the back bump, and then uh, a melee kind of ensues with uh, Kevin Sullivan and Dan Spidey yeah. attacking. Know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wish he was on here. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, winners by disqualification are the Road Warriors. Not exactly a great match. I haven't actually no. seen a Road Warriors match I've liked on here. Yeah, I, I haven't either. This is one thing I will say about this. Um, Nikita is in the middle raising their hands and everything, and he's just as big as the Road Warriors are. Well, I, I, I believe Nikita and Animal were high school buddies. Yeah, I mean, that's... Wait, but Russia? Russia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Animal had a foreign exchange program. Alive. I gotcha. Um, it was just—it's one of those things where it's like it's a crazy visual to see a referee being the same size. Yeah, as, well, as the Nikita, Wars, I think, it kinda, yeah, he kind of wrapped up wrestling for a brief time, yeah. but he really—he didn't need to, you know. Yeah. I know he ends up coming back, but it's but, like Nikita and, was yeah. still looking good, and that's that's one reason why like Nikita was there and everything. He was the—he was the guy who'd be in the ring with Road sure. Wars. but I mean, yes, the Road Wars is not. Not used well, but yeah. a, at this point, I don't think there's a whole lot that they can do but, to, like, hurt them. But exactly. What what do they do? They give them the tag champion just so they can hold it? It's kind of yeah. like Lesnar. If you give him the heavyweight title, it's like, okay, he's a champion. But who's <laughs> going to beat him? Who the fuck's going to beat him? Yeah. You know, you almost have to screw Dynamic dudes. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do the shooting star press. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, now, main event time. Yes. You ready for this? Well, here's, here's the thing about the main event, is two of the guys are already out there. Right. They go to the back just so that they can have an entrance. Right. Uh, it's for the United States Tag Team Championship. I wanted hair. I wanted hair to be gone. And if it was a hair versus hair match, I really feel like it would have, you know... Mm, yeah. a a switch. Deal. So don't, don't even give them the... Uh, <laughs> the justification. Stop watching right now. They're, yeah. they're not giving you the advertising. Let, let, let the network know. <laughs> yeah. So we have Eddie Gilbert teaming with Rick Steiner, who are the new United States Tag Champion, with, with Missy Hyatt. Eddie Gilbert with the bookends, because he does come out at, at the beginning of the show he's chat he does. his brother. Yeah, Doug Gilbert, yeah, yeah, who's in the so, opener with yeah. Muda. And so now he's like, hey, I'm going to close this bad boy. Yeah, they're going against the Varsity Club members, uh, Kevin Sullivan and Dan Spivey. Uh, my first note is, this is the main event, question mark? Yes, this is the main event. When we go home, we're going to be talking about the United States Tag Team title match, which, again, doesn't quite make sense because it's the secondary tag team title, and it's after the main one. Well, none, nothing on here makes sense. Like, actually, the whole booking of the card was okay, and I would have been okay if it ended at seven matches with Flair and Steamboat. Because yes. I didn't need these other two. No. You know, I'm not, I'm not at all. You know, I like seeing the Road Warriors, but not in shitty matches, so... Uh, uh, Rick Steiner's attacked early, uh, kind of leaving this as a two-on-one, um, and then Steiner ends up hitting um, a clothesline while Gilbert uh, Jack Jackknife pins Sullivan in yes. the process to kind of give it a. There's the there's the match. Hmm. Not a whole lot to say about it, honestly. No, I mean I, I, couldn't, no. I couldn't. I couldn't. I was so angry just watching it. I couldn't really take notes. It's it was very. It's very honestly after after Flair Steamboat and the angle with Terry Funk. You can turn this pay per view off. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things where it's, it's literally just another filler of twenty minutes, and that's why we're here. We are willing to you know bear this burden and watch this Absolutely. and talk about it so that you don't have to. Yes, I will say post match, um, you know, the heels attack. Gilbert chases them off with a the chair. Then I have a few, uh, few posts post uh, match notes. Okay, one of mine is obviously the weird card structure is a little off. It is uh, not a great event all in all. Two, two matches, I'd say, worth worth, worth checking watching. out. But I also put that it's now starting to feel like WCW. Whereas before, it definitely had yeah. that NWA feel. It's starting to feel like WCW. I would agree with that. And they also announced that uh, Mike Rotundo and Dr. Death are stripped of the tag titles. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Um, we're, well, we're going to have to see where that leads. We are. Uh, next month, we are going... Great American Bash. Oh, wow. 1989. Should be interesting. Which, uh, if you look at the cover, features Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. That's not the main event you're getting. It is not. Um, interesting matches. What, will, there'll be a two ring. I, hold on. Hold on. We're going to make them wait. You're going to wait. But let me tell you, oh, man, is it worth waiting for? We <laughs> so, got some doozies here. Yeah. So now, on to the top five matches in wcw history right through this point now now we have to kind of uh add on to what we've had we do So it's changed and i have my type my top five you have your top five do you want to start yes that i'm gonna five to one number five at this point mike rotunda versus rick steiner Starcade 88 very solid my number five is Flair versus Luger, Starcade 1988. That that match actually got bumped off my list because, oh. because of this show. Okay. Number four, Wyndham versus Luger, Shy Town Rumble. Very very good. Uh, that album actually didn't make mine, but I have number four, Steiner versus Rotundo. Nope. That's that's one thing that's interesting. Starcade 88. 88. No Wyndham on this show. Interesting. Yeah. Very 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 disappointed to see yeah. no Wyndham on this show. That's really um, cool. Number three, Wyndham. Versus Bam Bam Bigelow, Starcade '88, very cool. My number three, actually, is from the show, Flair versus Steamboat, Russell War 1989. Interesting, interesting. Number two, uh, previously mentioned, Flair versus Steamboat, nineteen or Russell War, uh, nineteen eighty nine. Oh, very nice. Uh, my number two is Wyndham versus Bigelow, Starcade '88. Oh, so we just did a little switch right there. A little switcheroo. So if that, if that says anything, just and, I mean, and, and for me, I mean, I, you could debate that Flair and Steamboat's a better match, and I and I'm not going to argue that point, but. To me, the finish kind yes. of negates a little bit, so I was like, eh. And, and Windham and Bam Bam Bigelow is a fantastic match. It is. Again, I will say, go check that one out. Yeah. I will probably be talking about that That's one. That's definitely our first surprise, yes. I, I think. And I, I have the feeling that will be on the top five list for a while. I don't see it being there at the end of our journey and everything. Right. But it's going to be one of those ones that we're going to be telling you about for a while. For sure. Um, and then, I guess, number one, still... Flair versus Ricky Steamboat from Chi-Town Rumble. Uh, my number one's actually uh, Hacksaw, Butch Reed vs. Ranger Ross. Oh, what? <laughs> what? No, no. <laughs> my no. mind is blown right now. No, my number one is also Flair vs. Steamboat, Chi-Town Rumble, 1989. So, uh, pretty consistent top five lists. Yep. I think most people would agree with these. Um, Great American Bash, 1989, is going to jumble it all up, though. Oh, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Um, so... Uh, If you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at BrianBreakerODR. And I'm at predicament underscore AA. And we'll be back on the next episode to talk all about the Great American Bash 1989. So get the hot dogs and apple pie ready. Uh, We know we will. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)